Hey everyone, welcome to the Wild and Uncut podcast brought to you by Ruger. I'm your host, Christy Titus. Thank you for tuning in. The line is going hot, so let's go full send on this episode. My husband started watching it the other night and I'm like, you put on the polka king and I that's fine because I'm going to last five minutes. I'm out. Because yeah. <laughs> that's where I follow you all the time. I'm like, oh, Jimmy's getting ready to hit the tree stand. Right. <laughs> you're shooting in your backyard. Yeah. You're, you're... No lie. I was sitting, I was at my upstairs last night, like building some arrows and putting broadheads on the arrows and putting in a quiver and just kind of, you know, getting ready for it. Welcome, everybody. This is the Wild Nun Cut podcast. I am in Nashville, Tennessee at the Russell Hotel, which is a super awesome place because it is a church that they converted into um, a hotel. And the proceeds from this go back to helping the homeless people in the area and really serving their community. So it's this beautiful mission. But inside here, they have this podcast booth that's just blessed. And I'm with my good friend, Jimmy Herman. And uh, they just welcome us into this place and this space. And it's just super awesome. The it's vibe really cool. in the lobby you guys missed was fantastic because we've got Morgan Mills out there, Narissa Harmon, Josh Carney, you, me, and all of us, I think, are so hungry to see people. It was like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's a hard time breaking it up to be like, okay, we got to go in the room now, so stop talking. Yeah, it's like, it was like uh, first day of school in kindergarten or something like that when you see all your so friends excited. from like preschool or something. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. So you live in Nashville, you like 15 minutes from right where we're at. That's so right. this is like the heart of country music. And we're literally in a tropical storm right now. Yeah, Ida, right? That's what I, they call it. You know, I always Yeah, that's what they call it. Okay, I'm like, IDA. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> we're here. We're, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. We're in a tropical storm. It hit Louisiana as a hurricane. Wind. The wind is blowing yeah. and it's raining and yeah, but it's not bad here. No, it's uh, just, yeah. you know, typical. It seems like just winter weather here. Yeah. It just rains all the time here. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know Jimmy, he is an incredible musician. I should say him and his beautiful wife uh, are fiddlers. And when I was little, my grandfather played the fiddle. And so I always love and I really appreciate the fiddle as a, as a musical instrument. And when you have a band that performs and they integrate that sound, it just adds this extra soul and dynamic. And you have mastered that instrument mm. in our, I mean, I would say you're one of the best in the world oh, I appreciate um, that. At, at that. And it's just, I was fortunate enough a couple of years ago, I was at the ACMs with Cabela's and he performed with Carrie Underwood. And I'm like, I know that guy. I know him. And he's just rocking it on stage. And I mean, it was such a powerful performance. And you're in that space as a performer, but then you're also in the outdoors as a hunter mm-hmm. and you're a Christian and um, you have this incredible story and I, and I'm trying to go back to where we met, but I know it was at a shot show. Yeah. Right. Um, several, I mean, what a handful of years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even remember. Do you remember who introduced us? It's a good question. Racking the brain. I think, don't remember who introduced us either, um, but we were introduced. Was it Rick Carone didn't introduce us, did he? Was it Rick? Oh, boy. 
It could have been. It could have been well. Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been. Rick might have shot me a text like, hey, Christy, my buddy Jimmy Herman, <laughs> you've got to meet him. And then we did like a blind shot show date. Like, oh, hi, we have a mutual friend. I don't know you. You don't know me. But hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you went anywhere with Rick, it was like high energy, like you're just hanging on, right? Oh, yeah. Just meeting folks. Well, that's why great. I met Josh, too. Really? Through Rick at okay. a Shoot Down Cancer event. So mm-hmm. uh, Rick had this incredible ability to unite and inspire people in such a profound way and, and give your life like this, I have a purpose yes, feeling all right. the time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He was a beautiful soul. Yep. Yeah, we miss that guy. For sure. Amen. So you, you met Rick how? That's another good question. Um, oh, you know what? Um, so I know Jason Aldean and his band guys. Okay. And we were all playing an event in Austin, okay. Texas. And I believe one of Jason's guys posted something about Rick online, mm-hmm. you know, because of the... Uh, uh, pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer that he had and some foundation he was a part of or mm-hmm. helping out so i Project saw purple yeah so i saw that and i was like i'm just gonna post something and help this guy out too mm-hmm. you know and this i was in austin i was in the gym and i posted something and then tully's jason's bass player and he texts me he's like hey rick is here in austin with us right now so i met rick that is so at crazy. this eve i'm trying to think what the event was but it was in austin texas yeah so you just had this feeling, well, I like to think the feeling is the Lord, uh, that spoke to you and said, hey, you need to reach out to this man. And, oh, yeah. then, and then he was there. Yeah. It's 100% the Lord. Ah. You know, there are no coincidences, whatever, no. whatsoever. So, but yeah, that's how I met him, which is pretty crazy and pretty How awesome. did you start your journey into the outdoor? So give everybody like a backstory of how you grew up with music, with the love of the outdoors, with your faith, whatever. And yeah. and then where you ended up, like, everybody in the hunting industry has a Jimmy Herman t-shirt and they hang in their closet. No joke. I do. There's a couple of you out there. <laughs> I'm sure. Everybody's got one. <laughs> okay. Well, I grew up in Wisconsin uh, on a dairy farm. And, you know, Wisconsin has the smallest whitetails in the whole country. Right. One of them. Yeah. It's a right. joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. That's <laughs> a joke. But where we're at, we don't have big deer. Yeah. It's just the neighbors. Um, hey, anyway. Uh, Wisconsin sucks. So you guys, if you're looking at non-resident hunting opportunities, you might want to check out Illinois. It's the worst place. Wisconsin is the worst place. horrible. Don't go yeah, there. Don't, don't hunt there. there. Anyway, <laughs> I grew up, grew up in Wisconsin on a dairy farm. So my dad and my brother, both hunters. And uh, I you know, just followed them around in the hunting. woods. Yeah. Yeah, I had my little, I don't know, it was like a little bear compound bow. I had hey, as a I kid. shoot for bear. That's awesome. I shoot a bear, Bear too. bows That's are awesome. awesome. Fred Bear was an incredible man. Oh, man. If we could talk to him. Mm. Yeah, I wish he was around today, but he mm. his spirit is for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, followed them around in the woods when I was, you know, five, six years old. And, um, and then, you know, did the whole hunter safety thing and... Killed my first buck at 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. It was instantly hooked mm-hmm. and then 100 ever since. But, I mean, we were around it. You know, we'd be combining corn and there'd be bucks running out, you know, yeah. in front of the combine. And, I mean, we were around it all the time. Yeah. And it was just what we did. It, was, it wasn't even, it was just like a tradition. It wasn't even thought, you know, it wasn't even second thought about why you hunt. We just do it. You just do you it. Know? it. Was the music introduced to you? 
at an early age, was that something that came from you or was that introduced from a family member? Okay. So I started playing fiddle when I was four. Um, but most kids are not playing anything apart from Tetris at four. Well, that dates me. So let me back up. I don't even know what kids <laughs> play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what kids play anymore, but it's uh, typically not Fortnite the fiddle at four. Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my grandpa was a fiddle player and he passed away when my dad was 18. So my parents had his violin on our piano in the living room. And my parents say when I was two, I would always be messing around with this fiddle, you know. And then a couple years went by and I was still messing around with it. And my folks were like, I guess he's kind of serious about this. So mm-hmm. they got me some lessons. But I mainly learned by ear, just by sitting. I'm going to date myself now. Sitting on the edge of the couch next to the record player. And like playing vinyl records and, you know, waiting for the fiddle part to come and trying to figure that out. Um, At four years old. Yeah, at four years old. That is unreal. Mm -hmm. That is unreal. That's like a Beethoven level of uh, musical genius there. Well, I don't know about genius. It's just a will to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And my dad played in a band. He played bass in a, uh, actually, I grew up playing polka music early on. The Oompa stuff. He's actually on the um, the uh, what is it? The um, Netflix series Polka King. JK, oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. That's He's right. Not on that, no, <laughs> they not. do. No, they I'm do not. have that though. That's right. You're right. <laughs> My husband started watching that the other night, and I'm like, "You put on the Polka King, and I. That's fine because I'm gonna last five minutes. I'm out." <laughs> yeah, but you say he's German, right? <laughs> yeah, part he's, German. So my yeah. husband's German, and the Polka King was German. So anyway. yeah, perfect. Uh, so that totally irrelevant. That's <laughs> no, all right. It's all good. Um, yeah. So I uh, played in my dad's band. Probably, probably start when I was five. Your dad had a band. Yeah, he was in like a classic country slash polka band up in Wisconsin. Okay. So I would sit there and you know mimic the fiddle player they had, and then once I learned enough songs, they had me sit in on the set, and then eventually it went from the country gents to Jimmy Herman or Jim Herman and the country gents. They changed the name, and then I was like the front guy. As a for the kid. for the band since I was like six, playing four hour sets, you know. I mean, we pl- I couldn't tell you how many shows, how many gigs I've played, you know, as a kid. That is unreal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was playing live shows since I was six years old, and like I've never stopped for a week. Yeah, that was so, just your calling, and you knew yeah, it. Yeah, I knew it. So you were playing, you were hunting, you were doing your farm, the whole thing, and um, you ended up saying, okay, I want to take this hunting thing and do something more with it. Yeah, right. Well, it's like I had so many common interests with friends that were in the industry too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think it just kind of started by going to uh, ATA and shot. Yeah. And that was like I almost had more friends in the hunting industry than – you know, the music industry, just because here in Nashville and touring, you know, doing major, uh, major act touring, you hardly see your friends. Yeah. You see your friends more on the road than you do in town. Well, that's the way it is with hunting too, because, you know, we're in the, we're in the woods and it's, and, you know, as, as connecting and intimate as that is, it is an intimate setting. There's a couple of you and, and then we all really connect at these shows and that's where fellowship is really made and, and yeah. And, you know, the whole help of social media where it's like, 
I mean, when you run into someone in person after following them, whatever, mm-hmm. you feel like you know everything about them, like to the point of like, oh, when you wake up, you do this. And when yeah. you, it's like, and it's then you see them in creepy. person and then you're like, uh, all of a sudden like this, you know, intuition, I would hope for most people happens when you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of weird. Right? When you first see face to face, but you're like, once Do I you get- know you or do I just know you because social media? My yeah, right. mom does that with the Kardashians. She's like, Oh, my friends are on tonight. I'm like, Mom, they're not your friends. <laughs> right. But you, that's what social media does. Like, you'll meet someone and you'll feel like you genuinely have rapport with that person just through glimpsing into this, this quasi private, private part of their life. And, right. Um, it's really strange when you, you think you, half the people have fake names, which you, thankfully you have a real name and I have my real name on social media because sometimes I meet people and I'm like, oh, this is Barbie Hunter 101. And I'm like, what's our real name? Can we call her Barbie? Right. <laughs> like, what yeah. is, what yeah. is this woman's name? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. So think about that when you make yeah. your handle. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is like, you'll go to, let's say whatever ATA, and you're walking, all of a sudden somebody says, Christy, and they yeah. look at you like, and they're like, like you should know And you them. go like, you're looking at me like, we've been best friends forever, and I can't place you. And then they'll say like, hey, uh, Jack Spade, Bow Hunter 47. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. Okay. okay. You're yeah. like going through your, yeah. yeah, you know, doing this thing. It's like your stage name, you know, if you're a performer, like you're you don't have your real name up there. It's like, all right. It's very confusing. But it is what it is, and it's fun. It is super fun. And it has been such a kind of a bummer year, especially like for you, it's probably twofold because you're a performer. Yeah. Um, So what is that? How has that been with touring and performing? And this year, I mean, just are you getting out there? Yeah. um, I really didn't stop performing at all. I just kind of adapted once the COVID thing started happening, um, like the whole the whole music industry shut down, mm-hmm. the entire thing. Touring was non-existent, um, and what what I did, a buddy and a mine and me, we kind of came up with this idea of like, let's just try and do small venue, small small yeah. gigs. So like, like reconnect in an intimate a, way. Basically, like going back to our roots. Yeah. And playing uh, backyards, you know, small town little fundraisers or, you know, things like that where, you know, if you were, you know, COVID scared or whatever, they, they do the distancing thing or outdoors or, you know, a certain amount of people, right? Mm-hmm. So we basically started, uh, we labeled it our grassroots tour, going nice. back to grassroots. And I mean, getting in a rental car and driving across the country. And playing a couple hours for man, we we drove from Nashville to somewhere in North Carolina. It was a ten hour drive yeah. to someone's house, and they had built this uh, screen patio in the backyard. And all the neighbors, had, they had a big old potluck barbecue, and all the neighbors pitched in their money to hire us to come play. And we just played for. I mean, it was. Oh, I don't think there were fifteen people there. That's so awesome. You know, and we're kind of like we are now, and. There people were like right behind the camera. We're just playing songs we wrote and, you know, some of our favorite country and rock songs. So, and we did that for the, and we're still doing it, honestly. So if you guys want to book Jimmy and his band, how do they do that? Oh yeah. You can just go to my Instagram, my website. We just had this conversation with Josh. I was saying it's 
slipping into the DMs. It's not. It's sliding into the DMs. So you can slide in. Yes. Don't slip into Jimmy's DMs. Slide Don't. into the DMs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Because uh, there is, yeah. Um, so people can book you through that. And that's really, that, I had no idea. Because that, like, as a, as a fan, mm-hmm. uh, musical talent is so much more accessible than I think a lot of people realize. And I'm, I'm talking to Morgan about that as well. And it's like, you would think that these people, oh, they would never come play at my whatever. Mm-hmm. And right now is a great opportunity to take advantage of that. Like, yeah. hey, small shows are yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thing you know. To do. And the thing about you know, and not being able to tour is like people still want a music, right? Yeah. And all they want is the music and have that interaction, human interaction, right? So mm. you take away all the, I've talked about this before, but like you take away all the fluff of the, you know, the lights and the pyro and the huge stage productions mm-hmm. and everything. And people just want live music. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was my experience. My takeaway from it all yeah. is like, if, it, if everything else goes away, people don't care. They yeah. just want, they just want the music. It comes down to the music. Mm-hmm. So comes back to, and then I think you almost gain a better appreciation for it because, um, you hear the emotion and the tone and the heart that goes behind a note and you connect with that music at a much deeper level when it is raw. Like, yeah, there's something about a person like a guy with an acoustic guitar and a song. And if, I mean, if you can grab someone's heartstrings, Mm -hmm. you know, tugging those strings with just that, I mean, you're really doing something. You know, yeah. that's it. We were at the Well-Armed Woman last week, and um, it's a conference. There's 500 chapters across the country, like 15,000 members, and the chapter leaders come. And Morgan performed, and just, you know, for there's like 200 of us in the room, and she just knocks out of the park, and they're like, yeah. I forgot how wonderful this feeling is. You know, you, you forget how wonderful fellowship is, and... Mm-hmm. um Bringing that back around, you created all this fellowship by going to these shows and brought people into your hunting journey. You're only a bow hunter, though, right? I rifle hunt, and I grew up rifle hunting, yeah. and I don't have anything against it. I just really enjoy mm-hmm. If I had to pick one, I'd pick archery for archery, sure. Archery, yeah. Because that's what I follow you all the time. I'm like, oh, Jimmy's getting ready to hit the tree stand. Right. <laughs> you're shooting in your backyard. Yeah. You're, you're... Hey, and th- no lie, I was sitting, I was in my upstairs last night, like, you know, I was building some arrows and putting broadheads on the arrows and putting in the quiver and just kind of, you know, getting ready for it. Mm-hmm. When do you so, start hunting here? Uh, I, I usually start the first week of October. I think season starts October 1st, somewhere in there. Yeah. The thing about Tennessee, which is a lot, a lot of the South, is the like. Have you experienced chiggers? No. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Chiggers are the worst. I, we don't have them in Wisconsin. Okay. They're the. I don't. Somebody can probably describe it way better than me. But they're like these little microscopic bugs, bugs. like ticks or something, right? Yeah. And they're usually in tall grass, and you know you'll you'll be traipsing through brush and weeds and you like if you're wearing like light colored pants you look down and there'll be like a glob like a glob like that and all of a sudden it just goes everywhere well uh. it's all these chiggers and they'll come and they'll bite you right and it's like a mosquito bite times 10 oh boy. i mean it itches like crazy, crazy and for weeks 
And you go like you go. Oh, it's a, probably like a mosquito bite. So you just scratch it until you you Bleed. basically you basically hit bone, right? And you're like, oh, that feels great. And then it comes back like ten times worse, like worse, and it lasts for a few weeks. So where I hunt at our place, the chiggers are. I mean, I think they're all at my house in Tennessee. So I try to. I just stay out of the woods till about, about October. What about Does DEET work? It deter yeah, them? DEET. Uh, flamethrowers work well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, any of that it's stuff bad. usually does. Yeah, it's bad. They have um, tiny, tiny ticks in Sweden, and um, it, my husband and I went on a walk last summer, and I looked down, and my leg was covered in them, and I'm like, I must mm-hmm. have like walked through a nest, and they are so tiny you can't see them, and and they they're like a legitimate tick. Yeah, and they'll get in and crawl into your body and you're not getting them out like um you can kind of see them a little bit you get tweezers and you start yanking on them but it's similar it's yeah. equally as disgusting yeah and there's seed ticks here too and uh, to me they're both the same thing really i know they're not but um yeah and so like triggers too they're tiny but um once you spot them you'll be like oh there's one and then you'll see the re- and then you can what about like flea and tick shampoo like this is like one thing i did in kentucky one time i was turkey hunting here and i went and got flea and tick shampoo after my hunt and i literally washed my body in dog shampoo yeah uh, because there were so many ticks out there and i was picking ticks off my body i'm like what if i'm missing a tick in an unknown, uh, you know, yeah. and so I washed my hair in flea and tick shampoo. Does that work? Is that effective? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's no shame in trying it. You know, no way. <laughs> like, I, I got no shame. That, in it. I'll use dog shampoo. Hey, when that when that happens, like whatever it takes. Yeah. At that point, it. it doesn't matter. No, yeah. you just want relief. Yeah, totally. You want to be able to like, sleep in your bed and not freak out. Yeah, like my first experience with triggers was I took my son camping out here in Tennessee when he was three. Like, it's like, oh, because I was on the road a ton when my first two were born. So I was like, man, I was, I always felt like my son didn't want anything to do with me because, I, because you know, he was around mom every day and I was and on the road and he'd like, see me be like, oh, that is. guy, whatever. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, we're going to bond. I'm going to take him camping, whatever. So we did the whole camping thing and I get in my sleeping bag and you know how you fall asleep and then you feel like something's crawling on, on you. you and you're just like whatever yeah and that happened a couple times and we woke up the next day and you know rolled up camp got home and i was sitting at the kitchen table and i could feel something on my arm and i was like doing you know doing this whole thing and i it was still felt like it was moving so i just looked like this and i saw one hair like move over and i spotted a trigger and then I and then like I said, once you spot one, you can spot them all. Anyway, needless to say, I ha- I was covered from the neck down, and I had to play a show the next day um, with Carrie in like Atlanta, and uh-huh. then and then we flew from Atlanta to London, and it was the most miserable thing ever. Because you're trying uh, to perform, and you're really itch- you want to itch your oh skin down to the bone. Yeah, I mean, I had I had bites everywhere. And I had to play, perform, and then go fly, mm. you know, do that whole are thing. They, are they transmissible? I mean, I suppose they could hop, skip, and jump I'm over to I'm you. I'm wondering. But I don't <laughs> They're know. Like they Never bring really in the infectious it. disease committee for Jimmy. <laughs> he it gave was, the whole concert chiggers. <laughs> oh, it was awful. <laughs> that it is awful. really bad and yeah. horrible, actually. Um, so I, I empathize. So you, you are a diehard because you hunt. 
despite chiggers. And I think they have tigger, chick tiggers. I think they have chiggers in Texas too. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure. I'm sure they there's probably, probably lots of places you that know, have them. I was elk hunting in uh, New Mexico a couple of years ago, and they told me they somebody told me they have chiggers there too. And I don't know that I believe that, but maybe it wouldn't surprise me. Who knows? I I've not I hope had not. Them, I hope not. I'm gonna try to avoid those zip codes. Um, what about in the winter? Are they better in the winter? Yeah. So, oh, like I was saying, like I usually stay out of the woods till October 1st to deer hunt. Yeah. Because the study I've done over the years and years of living here is that on the property I hunt, they're usually out of there right around October 1st. So you're safer venturing in then. Yeah. 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 yeah you're yeah. less risk of, yeah. of getting that. Yeah. So what do you have planned for hunts this year? Uh, just whitetail around here, mm-hmm. bow and gun. Um, I'll probably go back to Wisconsin yeah. during the rut and do some bow hunting. And really, I was going to go out west and do some elk hunting this next month, but the whole month just got, I just I got slammed with busy. shows. Yeah, You're busy. Yeah. Where, where can people watch you perform? Well, let's see. <laughs> You're like, I have to think I'm, about this. I, I, I went through my <laughs> schedule last night and, uh. It's kind of chaotic. Um, I've got a. I'm playing with. So I toured with Guy Penrod, who's a Christian artist. Used to be with the Gaither Vocal Band. Uh, I do my own solo shows, and do some duo shows with a buddy of mine, Chris Hennessy. He plays for Jamie Johnson. He's a heck of a songwriter. And then, um, actually, I actually snuck away today because I'm learning songs for a tour I just uh, signed on to a couple days ago. So. I can't really say anything about that yet, but so I was so lucky. Like I came here and I uh, slid in to your DM. <laughs> and I was she like, did. I did. I like, hey, Jimmy, I'm going to be in town and I'm doing this podcast and I would really love if you're around. And it was like the grace of God where you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have time and I live 15 minutes from there. So yeah. no problem. So I am like so thankful because I literally know like three people in Nashville and all three people are here today. So. Winning, (laughs) winning. Let's talk a little bit about that. So you're touring with a Christian artist, and you are a Christian. Oh yeah, big time. So let's talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. How did you come to tour with this man, and and what brought you to that? Yeah, so Guy Penrod is the guy I tour with, and he was with the uh, Gaither Vocal Band for 15 plus years. I mean, they 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 performed, and I think they still do, mostly arenas. And they fly, like, I mean, they're like the rock star of yeah. the gospel music world. I mean, like jets and everything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but actually, I met Guy because we go to the same church, you know? Small town. Yeah, small town, mm-hmm. you know? So um, when I met him at church, uh, and I, you know, play in the worship band sometimes too, mm-hmm. so. Um, Morgan needs to go to your church, but Morgan's church is online, and Narissa lives uh, from Girls with Guns lives in California, and she actually goes Nata Morgan's church online, and they're like, "Well, you should join our church too." And I'm like, "Well, it's online. You can be anywhere in the world oh, yeah. and go to Morgan's church." But um, that's the unifying power of it. But yeah. that's really that's really great that you you know you guys are doing this musical fellowship, and that like that talent in a community. Uh, and during worship, during song, I mean, that's where you open up your heart to Jesus and, you know, you feel the Holy Spirit and I can't imagine how much Holy Spirit is filled in that room with these guys performing. Oh, Oh. 
That would be powerful. Yeah, I mean, and taking myself out of the equation, like, I mean, Guy's a phen- uh, phenomenal singer. I mean, phenomenal singer, and a f- as as uh, great a preacher, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes he'll preach on the same things every now and then, and it'll hit me different. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I listened to the night before, he'll say again the next night, and it'll bring on a whole new thing mm-hmm. to me. You know it's what I like mean? It's like a reveal. Oh, yeah. A spiritual reveal. Yeah. Is your church virtual as well? Yeah. So the church is called Grace Church Nashville, and we meet in Franklin, just south of downtown Nashville. Mm-hmm. And it's online every Sunday. I believe it's 10 o'clock. So people can tune in and actually watch you perform. Yeah online virtually with your church when 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 you're there yeah right and be a part of your guys's worship and yeah fellowship. and the, i mean the cool thing about nashville is uh there's so much talent here musical mm-hmm. talent and there are a lot of christians here so uh some of the musicians that will get up and perform or i guarantee you probably all would know some of them yeah you know what i mean and they're just they're um humbling themselves, you know, and just mm-hmm. playing in the spirit. And, um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm always asking Morgan, like, why aren't you singing at your church all the time? <laughs> Cause really, you know, when she comes to an event and, you know, for example, last weekend, the first time I saw her perform with these ladies, um, it was really a spiritual awakening for the weekend. And so, you know, we start out the first night of this particular conference, the Well Armed Woman Conference, with Morgan performing. That's the first night. And it is a spiritual awakening. It's like it, if all the ladies get, get feeling it and they let their guards down yeah. and, you know, you open up your heart, soul, and mind. And, you know... It, it 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 really it sets the tone of receiving, yeah. You know, spiritually receiving, and so um, being in Nashville, being a part of a church in Nashville, I can't even. I mean, I can't imagine. Oh man, how incredible! It's like yeah, it's like the angels singing mm-hmm. in worship, you know. Mm-hmm. And our church, uh, our our pastor is a worship leader mm-hmm. too, um, and he's he. Um, there was a big revival in. Uh, Pensacola, Florida, back in 19, I think in the mid 90s, like 95, and it was like five or six years. And he was the worship leader there. And it, it, there were millions of people that came through that mm-hmm. church, and they they worshipped every single day, f- you know, for I, I mean hours and hours and hours and hours. So he's went through an actual you know revival, yeah. um, and he's still carries that spirit with him, and it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I can imagine. So. What are you doing in the outdoor industry specifically right now? Are you taking your music out there? Are you, I mean, what are you, how are you appealing and, or I shouldn't say appealing, how are you connecting with the outdoor industry? Because obviously the way we've done our, our connections with people has changed so much. You know, what is Jimmy Herman doing now? Oh, just like different avenues in the, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Um, well, I've got some film things I'm working on. And I've been to- I've been tossing around the podcast thing for years. It seems like um, that's a potential thing that's that might happen you in should. the near future. Like, see, yeah. we, I was just talking about this with Josh. Like, we can't get together right now the way we're accustomed to, and the way for us to have fellowship right now. I think a lot of this why podcasts are so popular is because it gives you that opportunity to hear from a person, hear about a person get a look into their soul, into their spirit, into who they are, what they are, what they're doing in a longer format because you can't see them face to face. Right. Um, and this might be 
you know, podcasts have been around a while. And I'm like, oh, great, another podcast. I'm going to yeah, do right. it. Kind of. But there's a there's a point of them. I mean, there's people that listen to podcasts when they're driving, when they're working out, when, you know, they're filling space in their lives for many reasons. There's there's so much outreach and fellowship that can be created through them. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, well, thanks for the encouragement to do it. It's and a, the, you could use this studio. That's right. I it's, don't know how to use all this stuff behind me. I'm not going to lie. I walked in here and I was like, wow, uh, the Russell has it going on, but yeah. I'm going to use this because I don't know how to make this all jive. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that you would you would have the pay grade that you could run this. <laughs> I'm, that's above mine. I'm not much of a button pusher. Yeah. If it's got strings, I'll mess with it. But. Yeah, I'm out. I was like, okay, that's that. But the great thing yeah. about your podcast is you bring it with you everywhere. I, I carry my Super podcast simple. on the airport, and you know, people want to be a part of your life, and you have such an incredibly interesting life. Like podcasting with with your sphere, bringing that out is. Yeah, yeah. He would. I would hope so. Yeah. You know, I think. You know, anybody has their own story, right? Yeah. And personality, and um, it just gives fans, or even not fans. It's like if it's, you know, someone that uh, follows me but doesn't follow Christy, you know, that comes to listen to this, and then all of a sudden connects to you mm-hmm. in a way, then. You know, all of a sudden you have, I don't want to call them fans, but there's mm-hmm. just an interest, a, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? A common interest of, you know, wanting to get to know you yeah. too, you know? So um, the accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. And the, vul- I guess, vulnerability to a mm-hmm. point. Some mm-hmm. people, I guess, however vulnerable you want to get with it, mm-hmm. you know? But Are your children, now you just, I remember your wife was pregnant just a couple of years ago. So you have a young yeah, our youngest now? will be our, he'll be two the end of September. Okay, so I was kind of spot on on my timeline. Yeah. Three children, correct? Three. So how are you raising them? Because your wife is an incredible musician. Like, yeah, she's great. She is not only she's a beautiful human, but she's an incredible wife, mother, and you know, bless her heart. She is homeschooling your kids. She is, and she is really the anchor in your home, and um, and. How you know? How are your kids? How are they with music and hunting right now? I mean, how are you helping develop their little brains and in that world? Yeah, well, we're not pushing them to do music yeah. by any means, but we obviously we have instruments are all over the place, and we listen to music all the time. Um, but I want them to be their own per- person too. Yeah. Um, so when they do show interest, you know, like I'll give them some lessons here and there. Actually, my son. Um, wanted to learn to play drums. So we got him this, you know, little, you know, kind of junky drum set, at least mm-hmm. just to see if he was even interested in it. Well, I tried to show him a couple of things. And he's like, yeah, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. So, I mean, he didn't say that, but that was like yeah, the look I a, got. That's right? the time that all kids give their <laughs> right? parents when their parents are trying to teach them something. Yeah, he's like, like mm, oh, I don't dad, know that I you really this. know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Um, but he would take, like, the Alexa in his bedroom because we had three had the drums. And he was self-taught. Like, he learned how to play drums just by listening to wow. music, you know. And uh, I guess kind of hit on the whole him getting started in drums. I was learning kiss songs because i was playing with gene simmons i was going to play some shows with gene simmons 
So I'm sitting there watching YouTube videos of Kiss and whatever, and my son came over and he's like, "What are you listening to?" And all of a sudden he saw like all the makeup and everything, and then he gravitated towards Peter Chris, the drummer. And then next thing I know, it's like we're doing makeup, and he's you know playing drums, trying to learn how to play drums. So Kiss is the is the thing is was what got uh, my son in playing drums. There's a little boy I follow. He's not such a little boy anymore, but he was a little boy when I started following him. His name is Luke Wright. Have you heard of him? Luke Wright. I'm not Luke sure. Wright drums. He's literally, when I started following him, like 12 years old. Really? The kid is unbelievably talented. Hmm. You should have your son follow him just yeah. because it's like another young kid. Yeah. Um, and this kid is unreal. Like, and, and I... I look at this at the scope of like I don't. And there's a lot of adults that can't play the way this little kid is playing, mm-hmm. and he is he is just so talented. But you, I've years of watching this boy cultivate a talent, and his devotion to it is incredible. Um, yeah, just like you know, hearing your story from you picking up that fiddle or, or having interest in it is of two years old. And, mm-hmm. um, it is a cultivated and, and a, a devoted talent that you have to apply yourself to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's not the whole thing. Like YouTube's awesome, right? Cause I mean, if you want to learn something, you can just go YouTube it and get, yeah. and get the general gist of it. Right. Yeah. And you could learn how to play a song on fiddle or guitar or whatever. Um, but then, but the whole other level, the next level of that is is playing from the heart, mm. right? And putting your emotion into it and what, what you know, like God put that in me, right? Mm-hmm. Playing fiddle. Like it wasn't, you know, that's, that's all, all the instruments that I play, right? I, if you ask me and go, if you could pick one, what would it be? Well, it'd be fiddle, you know, it's my first instrument. And that's the, it's the one thing that really... I play from the heart for sure, hundred percent. And there's there's you know guitar players out there that you can, you know, just shred and play the notes. And then there's certain players that'll take a guitar and like play one note and be all into it. And it's like, mm. you know what I mean? What other it instruments j- do you play? Guitar. Okay. Mandolin, banjo. Um, you know, b- bass. Lots and of then lots of string instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like, and naturally I call it the utility guy, yeah. like the utility musician. So I'll play whatever nobody else is playing. Yeah. You'll Which, just run in and fill the, fill the void. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you're talented at all of it. Well, uh, capable of covering the parts. Yeah. Right. So like, like my pants are dirty because I had to load a bass cabinet into my truck on the way over here because uh, I played, I borrowed a bass rig so I could play bass in a rock for, like a rock band, you know? So, like, I did that, and then if somebody needs fiddle, I'll do that. Or, like, playing on Broadway, somebody will like, say, hey, I need you to play electric guitar. Mm-hmm. So I'll, you know, take my guitar and amps and stuff down there and play a full set of get on just guitar yeah. or fiddle or whatever, yeah. What he means by Broadway is not New York City Broadway. Broadway Street in Nashville is like Music Row. 
and there's bar after bar after bar, and there's typically a, a live performer in every venue you go to. So like last night we're eating dinner, and there was one woman that's, that started performing when we were there, and she had a, a guitar player with her, so it was her and her guitar player. And then midway through our dinner, they you know they probably work in like a four-hour shift or a two-hour shift or whatever it is, and then another performer comes in, and they start playing, and so... It's nonstop. It's nonstop, and so that's what makes Nashville such an awesome place to visit is because you have this eclectic variety of music from rock to country and covers and you can hear just about anything you want here just on Broadway Street and, oh, yeah. and it's all like next door next door next door next door until you find the place that you're like ah that's my jam that's you know, it this yeah. is it and right. then you settle in and yeah. um and and that's what makes this place Music City is is an incredible place to be are you going I know Fort Worth has kind of taken over or taking a little bit of the spotlight from Nashville as as a music hub are you spending a lot of time in Fort Worth not not much at all, honestly. I haven't been. Yeah. You know, I don't uh I don't usually I don't play Texas a whole lot. Yeah. I'd love to. Texas has its own thing like that whole red dirt yeah movement thing which is cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and Austin has its own thing. Yeah. You know, it's a total uh muso city. Um but yeah, Nash I mean, it's like Nashville, New York, LA, they all have their own their own vibe and their own deal on music, yeah. Mhm. So you're still touring around the country despite, you know, kind of the COVID, which I've been the same way. I've continued to travel and tour and and do, you know, do the things that are good for my heart and soul. Right. And your family's here and you're balancing all of these things and raising three beautiful children. And are your kids into hunting? Yeah. um, My son, my middle son is probably the most into it. Um, it's, it's tough cause you know, they want excitement. So yeah. I'd say I take them out in the stand and sometimes it's not mo- so exciting. You know, most of the time you either don't see something or, you know, that it's, there's not monster bucks walking by every yeah. two minutes, you know? Um, but that's another thing I don't push on them, mm-hmm. but, but I will tell you, they love wild game. Yeah. I mean, and that's all they've eaten at our house since yeah. they were born. You know, I, we basically just eat what I kill. And like we went, I pro- I pro- I have to modify this story because <laughs> the person I'm going to talk about probably might watch this. But we went to a friend's house for a holiday once and they had these huge steaks, you know, beef. And uh, uh, everybody got their meal and the kids are eating their meat and also they go hey mom this meat tastes weird oh no <laughs> and, and we're like no it's fine we're like it tastes weird it's all like because you're used to like whitetail and elk yeah it's just beef and they're like we don't like it oh no and i was like you're gonna eat it you're gonna like it swallow <laughs> your food yeah yeah it's a steak that's like the yeah. opposite of 99.9 percent of america I would yeah, say. yeah 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 like, so um that makes me feel good. My kids yeah, are you're like, doing it right. that, that like you know, the wild game thing, and and, and that's that's the norm for them. Yeah. It's not, you know, me, you know, bringing a deer into the backyard, hanging up in a tree and skin it. And they're not like, oh my gosh, that's oh, crazy. It's like murdered. Bambi. Yeah, they're like <laughs> steaks. Yes, yes. that's you awesome. Know? So you're doing it. It's parenting done right. Yeah, you know, and um, like I'll catch my daughter. She, 
like in the backyard shooting her bow every now and then, you know, which I'm like totally surprised with because she's kind of, you know, more girly girl. Mm-hmm. But I hope, I hope that, you know, just my actions, I guess, might just be enough to influence them to do. Cause and there's nothing worse than forcing a kid to go no. do something. Like yeah. I know how it was when I was a kid and if I was forced to do something, it was. You didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. No. So, so. coming out of this culture of big city life, um, but Nashville, I mean, even in the music industry, there's so many dynamics of it. I don't want to generalize too much. How do you use what your lifestyle is to maybe influence or change the minds of those people that you encounter that might be anti-hunting? Like, you know, I'm sure on the road when you're touring, you'll meet people that are like, oh my gosh, how could you hunt? Or maybe they don't know you hunt. But how do you use that time to influence them? I mean, what are some of the things that you tell people? Um, you know, it's... <sighs> It's more of a lead by example mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like I don't really I don't I don't ever start a conversation with somebody and be like, "Hey, have you ever thought about hunting or eating what eat, eating wild game?" Um if it comes up, it kind of opens the door mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're like, "Wait, hang on, you You do what? You do <laughs> Wait, you hunt like I rarely rarely ever run into somebody that's like, "Oh, you kill things to eat." Oh, that's whatever. Usually they're they're like Wait, what? What did you say? Mm-hmm. You hunt, you hunt, and that's what you eat. And it's like, yeah, because I don't. It's not, uh, you know, I don't give off the macho like, oh, I just kill the giant buck thing. Yeah. It's just like it's a life. It's a lifestyle, and yeah. it's how you know. It's a part of who you are. It that. is. Uh, it's not like I'm out there holding the neon sign. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean about it. It's just part of who we are at mm-hmm. home. Um, so a lot of conversations will op- open up with you know a food probably food conversation more yeah. than anything you know and then it leads into hunting and thing and and a lot of friends of mine that are musicians have come up and are like hey and i thought they were like either anti or you know on yeah. or just on opposite uh belief than i am right and s- several will come up and be like hey man i really like to go hunting sometime with you you know, and they're like, I, I could never show fans that I do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I, cause you know, but man, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, so, um, and good for you for making them feel like they have a safe environment to explore that side of the culture and, and something that maybe that, you know, they just want to have a break from all the noise Yeah. and get out there and just be closer to nature and God and just quiet. Yeah, well, it doesn't pay to shame anybody for yeah, no. that, you know, because for probably the majority of them haven't even been exposed, never mm-hmm. were exposed to hunting in the mm-hmm. first place, you know, like either lived in the city or, um, you know, a lot of people like move to Nashville and then you get 10 minutes out of town and you're in the country. Yeah. You know, you're in deer country and people move out there and they have deer come in their backyard and all of a sudden they're like. Let's go hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like it's just a natural yeah. thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean a draw so um conversations usually open about food and then we'll it'll go it to evolves. like oh well how do you do how do you hunt how do you hunt like with a gun or whatever and i'm like so, yeah sometimes but i enjoy bow hunting more and then that really is like the mic drop oh yeah they're like, <laughs> they're like you, whoa you what 
And it's like, yeah, I guess super close, you know, and then I've been hunting with uh, traditional equipment the last three or four seasons, so, and then I'm like, yeah, I killed a buck on my recurve, and they're like, wait, like, recurve, I'm like, yeah, you know, like, just a stick and string, pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, no way, mm-hmm. so, um, I'll have some of those people, you know, friends or whatever, they'll come to my house and shoot in the backyard or whatever, or nothing else, I'll just be like, hey, I'll grill some elk Steaks. Just come over and just try come to over. enjoy this mm-hmm. and see what try you think. It. Yeah, yeah. Because the people are like, I do this sometimes. Like, I just wait for people to eat the food, and then I'm like, "So, do you want to know what you're eating?" <laughs> yeah, like surprise. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, they're often very surprised. At, yeah. you know the the taste value of the food is tasty. Yes, and you know, several the people I've run into are like kind of sophisticated. You know, like uh, metro. Mm-hmm. Kind of guys secretly just want to go hunting, hunting, yeah, and yeah. eat what they kill. Yeah, I think there's a human component to that that comes like that's timeless, that's built in the soul of the man. You want to hunt, and you want to be the protector, and yeah. you want to be the spiritual leader of your family. And right. like, there's all of these things that are like innately man, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like It is part of being a human, and I think it's something that we should embrace more than we should criticize and, and cultivate that desire. There's nothing wrong with being a man and right. wanting to go out and hunt and provide, and, yeah. um, regardless of what background you come from. Well, yeah. From. I mean, it's the same as like if you grew up in town, you're like, man, I just want to raise my own beef cows. Mm-hmm. And so you, they go buy a farm and try and figure it out. Like I, I mean... There was a ton of urban gardens. We went on a four-mile walk yesterday, and there was tons of urban gardens and and chickens. And so you're seeing that kind of field to fork in a micro scale in this urban space. And, you know, I think that's awesome. It teaches kids so much about where your food comes from, the process, and the appreciation level is is increased when, when you have to almost earn food and cultivate um, is reaping and sowing, yeah, right? It goes right. back to some biblical things. And yeah. um, I think that's an important component that has been removed from the convenient life that we live. Well, it's just, you know, we've been desensitized yeah. and it, all about convenience and, mm-hmm. and you know, that instant gratification right now, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, we have a garden, too, you know what I mean? And it's, it's work, man. It's like, if you got, it's like anything. If you have, I feel like if you have five acres... You might as well have a hundred because you it's feel so like you're big. putting in the same oh my amount gosh. of work in. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, it is a lot of work. So, um, like being raised on a farm, like I'm so glad I was raised the way yeah. I was. You, know you learned I mean? how to work. Well, yeah, it was work. Work came, you know, like yeah. your work came first, and then you could once that was done, then you're, mm-hmm. you know, good to have some fun. But and your kids now are learning that work ethic in this process, and they see you hunting, and they see you cultivating a garden and and you're setting a very good example and um and you're bringing a different perspective of the outdoor lifestyle into a place that really needs to see that yeah i mean it's like sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. right you could hang out with fellow christians all day long but you're preaching to the choir all the time like Mm -hmm. it's not the christians you need to talk Talk to to. it's the you know the the lost that need to hear it you know how do people reach out to you? How would you want people to reach out to you is to follow your journey on social media, to connect with you, um, to be a part of what you're doing. What's your Instagram, Facebook? Okay. My Instagram is, uh, the, the Jimmy Herman. And my Facebook is Jimmy Herman music. Okay. 
And I've got a website, jimmyherman.com. And what do people find on your website? What do you have on there? I've got some blogs. Um, I've got a merch store, some bio things. I, I really need to, you know, trim some stuff out of that website and revamp it a little bit because... I don't even really go to websites much anymore either. Yeah, but everything's I've got you, but you still have to yeah. have it. So mm-hmm. a lot of it's social media driven. driven yes, and, right. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to following your hunting adventures this fall. Well, I'm looking forward to yours too. Yeah, got a lot coming up. But my dad and I are going elk hunting in just a couple of weeks, and I'm really excited about that because you know he doesn't get to hunt very often because he's so busy. Mm-hmm. But you are, I mean, we are all busy. Right. Uh, but luckily for me, what I do is I like to go hunting. So I'm <laughs> so jealous. I get to do it a lot more than you do. But uh, hopefully we'll be back on the road next year with shows and people can meet you in person. And um, and in the meantime, you guys follow Jimmy. He's a great guy. He's doing awesome things. And if you want to book a show with him, like a local show, he is doing yeah. Oh, I don't know what you call it, freelance yeah. work? Yeah, or? I'm doing solo shows, duo shows, and anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to have some it. extraordinary talent come into your community. And it, yeah, I mean, I had no idea how accessible that was. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's a pretty, it's, it's, uh, I have a new appreciate not an appreciation, but it's like, it just re-kicked why I love playing music, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, when you stop enjoying something, you should stop doing something. Right. And sometimes you get tired and you get wore out. And it's not that you want to stop doing that, but you just reinvent it. Similar to this podcast, you know, I love doing my show and I love the episodic format that my series has. And the tips and tactics part is educational and outreach. But I'm like, man, I'm missing this whole personal element. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the concept of the podcast was born to where, you know, I can have this intimate kind of more connection with people and um so i think evolution of of everything is important and um it's what keeps us growing as individuals and as leaders and um well it's what we need yeah you know uh we've been so into this just social media and the fast you know 15 seconds 30 minutes whatever and we've gotten away from the one-on-one interaction and actually Mm -hmm. getting to know people and yeah so Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Wild Uncut from Nashville, Tennessee with Mr. Jimmy Herman himself. Thanks, Christy. Performer, musician, extraordinary, wonderful human. You guys can join his church service. What was your church again? Grace Church, Nashville. Grace Church, Nashville. It's on Sundays. Sometimes he's performing, sometimes he's not, but it's an excellent message. And I encourage you guys all to watch online. Do they have a website then probably or just not sure? Find him like they'll have a website or social media. We're resourceful. We'll figure it out. Sure. So thank you again for coming down here in the middle of a tropical storm. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank you for listening to the Wild and Uncut podcast. If you would like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to my Pursue the Wild digital series on YouTube and follow me at Christy Titus on Facebook and Instagram.